Nick Carboni makes his weekly appearance to discuss a late update on Michael Jordan's potential sale of the team. And then we'll talk about Nick Richards' contract extension all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast, making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pod. That includes YouTube. Doug is laughing because Nick Carboni is apparently going back to his parole officer and just checking in. This is a mandatory weekly appearance. Doug, feel well, no, hold on. he's not really. Well, hold on. Let's yeah. clarify. He's not really doing that. I'm laughing because you and the cold <laughs> open made it sound like this was like his mandated weekly appearance. Like he's got to check in, you know, pee in a cup. That's not what we're doing here. We're having fun. Talking about the, the, ankle, the, the locked on Hornets ankle bracelet is kind of tight. <laughs> we could loosen it a little bit. In no, it's the okay. Yeah, that, that's fine. I didn't realize that I made it sound mandatory. I said weekly pair. Oh, I did the same thing with David too. Is it David just comes around on his own, right? So, or or is that mandatory? He just wanders in off the street. Okay, smelling the parole office. That's yeah, fine. exactly. Yes. Okay, so so Nick is mandatory. You know, we do need to check on him every single week <laughs> to make sure he's doing okay, especially during this Hornet season. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick Carboni WCNC. That's Doug Branson. You can find his Substack on everyhornetsboxscore.com. His Substack, guess what? It's every Hornets box score. Let's get to the latest update regarding Michael Jordan because Jump Management actually came out with a comment and Jump Management's full statement was this, quote, four years ago, Michael Jordan sold a stake in the Charlotte Hornets to a gay Plotkin-led group as a natural step in a process due to that transaction. Michael and Gabe are in discussions about his group potentially buying an additional stake. At this time, it is unclear whether an additional sale will take place. So kind of vague. And they're almost acting like, yeah, of course, we're going to be talking about this potentially being more of a sale and an additional stake. They weren't so clear as to say majority stake, but they almost were like, what are you, what are you idiots? You guys never owned your own professional team before. This is what happens when you sell a minority stake, then it's only natural to talk about selling the entire team. What are you guys thinking? That is the, it's the gaslighting statement from jump management that the, please, this is stupid. What are you guys thinking? What did you make of this statement? Did you get a whole lot from this, Nick? Uh, I mean, it's following a statement last week that said, they don't comment on rumors and speculation. So it is <laughs> moving it forward a little bit to acknowledge that, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we're talking. Um, and yes, of course, they are talking about it. It is natural to talk about it when uh, you can, I don't know, the math behind uh, the percentage increase that Jordan would make on his initial $275 million investment because the Phoenix Suns just sold for $4 billion. So I think once that happened, uh, of course he's going to look at it and you guys have talked about it. Michael Jordan just has not been around the team the way he had been in the past. He's got another team that he is very interested and invested in, in the auto sports world. Uh, and he's closer to winning a championship with that team. That's just a fact. So, you know, I, I am not surprised at all. Um, when Gabe Plotkin and Daniel Sunheim and that group bought this initial minority stake four years ago, you know, it perked our ears a little bit to to kind of keep an eye on this. And here we are, you know, not too long into the future uh, with with this group, uh, which also includes reportedly 
uh, a minority owner from the Atlanta Hawks, so two NBA minority owners, which you think would kind of move it along a little quicker if it does indeed go down that that route. Um, you know, they're they're the interest seems high to me. I mean, it, every statement we now gotten is is a little bit further into the process um, from completely just calling it speculation and rumors to now acknowledging that, yes, they're discussing it. What do you make of it, Doug? Well, I think that these deals are big and complicated and hard, and they don't happen very often. So, like when I first heard the news of all of this going down, my one of my first thoughts was, I don't, you know, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. And I, I think this statement goes a little bit to that. I would say the gaslighting was actually the the first one that Nick referenced that tweet that said we don't com- comment on speculations or rumors. It's like, I, you know, this is this is everywhere. Maybe you want to make some kind of comment, and now they have, and it isn't unusual. And in fact, this happened to Michael Jordan when he bought into the Wizards. He bought a 10% stake in that franchise. Um, and within the contract, he could actually go to 20% at some point. And so maybe this is a similar thing with Plotkin that when he bought in initially, there was just a time at which they would have to come back together and talk about buying more equity in the franchise. So I totally buy that piece. But here's my overall take. It's just like, do something or do something. Like, either sell the That's team. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> you just do something. I need you to do something because this, again, once again, oh, no. the Hornets are only relevant for being irrelevant. Uh, and once again, you know, we're faced with this indecision by Michael Jordan. Either sell the team. Here's what I want you to do. Either sell the team or buy some assets for the team, right? Like either either get get out of the franchise or actually get into the franchise and get your hands dirty again and invest in the success of this organization. That's your what I pod, want. Your pod name should be Do Something Doug. That's what it all comes either down do to. Either do something or do something. Mm-hmm. Is that the it's, tagline for that new Nike movie about Sonny Vaccaro, Just Do Something? <laughs> yeah, Just by the way. baby. That's, Put the tinfoil on. Happen. All this happening around that, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching all of this. I got it uh, all figured why out. Why would they do that? <laughs> that was <laughs> that was that was quite the uh, I'm interested sound from Do Something Doug. Adrian Wojnarowski did have another update yesterday as well. I'm going to try to give this last name a go. Um, actually, you know, this came in from Adam Schefter first, right? So Adam Schefter tweeted out. Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos, that's what I'm going to roll with, has become the newest potential bidder to tour the Washington Commander Stadium and training facility as he seeks to buy the Washington Commanders franchise. So then Woj would quote tweet Adam Schefter's tweet, and he would say Apostolopoulos also recently mm. had discussions to buy the NBA's Charlotte Hornets for Michael Jordan, but has focused on the opportunity to purchase the commanders sources told Brian Winhorst as well as Adam Schefter. So now not only are you talking about the possibility <clears throat> of a gay Plotkin led group purchasing the Hornets, but this was actually discussed amongst other billionaires as well, like Steve Apostolopoulos. <laughs> so yes, just 100%. a bunch of billionaires cutting it up, talking about buying the Charlotte Hornets franchise. Yeah. What's going on with that uh, Charlotte team you got, Mike? Yo, is it, is it just lying around? He's just got You're it on his yeah. it's over on his shelf. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's a Hornets franchise over there. It's in, it's just all yeah. of the it's just the whole universe of the Charlotte Hornets fans, players, front office, uh, everyone that works for the team. But it's all in like one of those like snow globes. It's just like a billionaire snow globe. Yeah, yeah, just grab that. You want that? Mm-hmm. That's you know, exactly it's just, what it is. 
I think, Doug, you mentioned that, no, these things don't have to happen often. But I think what that report also speaks to is, you know, how um, how valuable these NBA and NFL franchises are becoming. And they are just exploding in value right now. I mean, they're just money-making machines right off the jump if you're able to buy a majority stake in one or a minority stake in one. So maybe we do see more of this kind of like, you know, jockey billionaires just constantly jockeying for teams and team owners like Michael Jordan and others who may not be as interested in their team uh, as fans would like, maybe they're more willing to sell right now because uh, the teams are becoming so valuable and their return is just becoming so astronomical. Yeah. By the way, I like the idea of at the very end of our horn random, it's basically just like the end of St. Elsewhere, where all we do is just live in a snow globe and the person's shaking it up. And that's the only thing that happened this entire time. It was, it was all a dream, a dream. Yeah. all of it, 100%. And it was it went a great one, to be honest with you. Hopefully, hopefully we can uh, end the Hornets fandom ends with LaMelo Ball holding up a nba championship the lob baby that's how i'm gonna wish this dream to end you wanted to go down the timeline just a little bit before we go to the second segment doug or did you want to move this into the second segment? now let's move it into the this okay. needs some time because here's the deal I'll, I'll tease this out so michael jordan might sell the team he might not but i think as we close in on the end of the season and we're going into the silly summer i'm trying to get that hashtag started hornets hashtag hornets silly summer as we get into the silly summer and start to look back on some things, go into some history, it's my specialty. Every Hornets box score, a lot of history on that site, everyhornetsboxscore.com, by the way. And uh, I thought we could go down memory lane and talk about that time Michael Jordan blank. Because there are a lot of stories with Michael Jordan and this franchise, both as a player and as an owner and as an owner of the Wizards as well. So I, I just want to, you know, I've got a, a couple of things here. I'll throw at you and see what you want. It's I've got what I'm going to do is have a buffet and then you guys can just go down the buffet and select what you'd like. All right. So we have a buffet of Michael Jordan timeline <laughs> stuff, but we also have some other things to discuss coming up next. Lockdown Hornets. One certain player got a contract extension. Do we agree with it or do we think that they could have saved that money elsewhere? We'll get to that in just a moment. But this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, well, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. The things you're responsible for include hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs that come with it. All this, by the way, is in a challenging and most importantly, realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as you want to and when you want to. So that's a cool aspect as well. Lockdown Hornets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in the game store. So make sure to check that out as well. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com scan the code or look it up on the app stores that's probasketballgm.com ultimate basketball gm start your dynasty today more to come locked on hornets is locked on hornets mitch Kupchak, will he do the thing that he has not done in season this anything time? the thing that he has not done <laughs> it is always anything. comes back to do something <laughs> just do do one thing you need to get a stick from outside and become the meme <laughs> In person, because that it always comes back to do something. Do something. 
<laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Yep, that's Doug saying the same thing and in the same T-shirt. I think the hats are different, but it's the exact same. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. <laughs> oh, man, that is do something, Doug. It's also Nick Carboni helping us out this week, as he always does. All right, what's the timeline, Doug? Why don't you hit us with some of the things that Michael Jordan did with this franchise, whether he owned it or I believe there's a special feature here where he was involved well, with something he when he didn't own it. Yeah, well, I'm keeping my options open here because, I mean, there's a lot of great Michael Jordan stories. I want them to have some kind of relevance to either this conversation or his history with the franchise. So I have four things here so far, and I'm going to build this library. So, you know, this is going to go into the hashtag Hornet Silly Summer. And uh, I've got that time Michael Jordan became an NHL owner. That time Michael Jordan trash-talked Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. That time that Michael Jordan passed on Quinn Snyder and Jerry Sloan for Mike Dunlap, or that time Michael Jordan said he's not cheap and then traded all of the players and went seven and fifty nine. <laughs> so you just wanted to go down real quickly some of those. The well, you can pick one. We, what, what I'm saying is you can pick one, and I can give you a few more details, and we can just oh. sort of relive it and talk about it. All right, Nick, was there something that particularly spoke to you from all of those? Uh, the Muggsy Bogues one. It's yeah. my favorite. Let's, let's it's also it. the yeah. worst. So, so, you know, I, this must have happened before I was here. Was this uh, in the playing Michael Jordan and his playing days? Yes. I would assume it was. Uh, right. Let's hear yes. It. Yes. It is during the playing days. And um, this is according to Bulls assistant coach Johnny Bach during the 1995 NBA playoffs. The Chicago Bulls were facing the young and talented Charlotte Hornets in the first round during a crucial moment in game four with the Bulls up 2 1 in the series. Bogues had the ball during crunch time with MJ hand-checking him. Jordan eased back and gave Bogues the chance to shoot, yelling, quote, shoot it, you bleeping bleep. Oh. And the second bleep yeah, was I, a reference to Muggsy's height now or they lack just, thereof. Now they just do this. They right. just do this. Because this is safe. This is safe. By, by the way, yeah. I have a bone to pick, uh, a bony to pick, if you will. Um, with <laughs> really trying for this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pu- I'm pushing summer, it. Just hashtag check hashtag it out Hornet Silly Summer. I'm pushing it. Um, so I have a bony to pick with Bally Sports because they cut in a recent game. I'm trying to remember which one it was. In a recent <clears> game, they, it was one in which the Hornets were getting blown out. I think it was one of those Cavs games. They cut to the sideline to show a Cavs player doing the two sm- – I think, oh, it was. It was Donovan Mitchell, who wasn't even playing in the game. It was yeah, that second was Cavs game. Sweat- he was in his sweatshirt. Yeah, and they yeah. cut to him because they had been talking about Donovan Mitchell for like the last, you know, 20 minutes. And then they cut to him doing the little small celebration. I'm like, don't do that during a Hornets broadcast. Come on. Yeah, they, they're running out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Maybe they, they need to embrace yeah, hashtag Hornets Silly yeah, Summer. There, there's been a few of those, but limping uh, into the honestly, end. they got to do almost 82, so. Um, do you want to go with one more? Did you want to move on to Nick Richards? No, no, let's move on to Nick. Okay. Rich- well, I want, cause I want to spread these out. They're not, gotcha. it, there's not an infinite number. It feels like there are an infinite number of Michael Jordan stories, but here's why I just want to give you a little background of why I'm doing this. I pay for this subscription to get like newspaper clippings as part of the every Hornets box score project history deal. And it's like 75 bucks every couple of months. And so I gotta, I gotta use this. And so I'm just going to dump it all onto this show. 
Okay, okay. there you go. We'll get some of the uh, facts from remember when Michael Jordan did blank. Let's get to the contract extension. Woj came out yesterday. Really kind of surprising just because of the timing, and I didn't expect this to happen, but it did. Center Nick Richards has agreed to terms on a multi-gear extension with the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets did not disclose the terms of the deal, but his agents, Javon Phillips and Jared Buca of Excel Basketball, told ESPN that Richards' deal is three years worth 15 million dollars i think if you just look at the reaction from national and local nba pundits i think most of the reaction was pretty fair to actually a good deal right i know sam vicini talked about this that it was just good business all around you have a backup center nick richards has been playing better as of late you know i still have problems with his post defense but he did have the bad first quarter against miles turner and then really turned it on having a career high the rest of the way in total rebounds and we did see him give us a big old flash at the beginning of the season when he mm-hmm. played a very nice game against the San Antonio Spurs. I think Nick Richards is a guy that has improved over the course of his career. And I think at least as a backup center, this is a totally fine deal for me when you're talking about the average really just being five million a year. And we'll see some of the details that can come out on this. But Nick, we'll go to you. What did you make of this three year, $15 million contract extension for the former Kentucky product? Yeah, I think at first I was surprised too, based on the timing, you know, a team sale going on. We don't know a lot that the off season <laughs> is just shrouded in so much stuff. Uh, but yeah, when you look at it up close, he said four and a half, five million. I mean, next year, if he kind of stayed where he was, he was going to be paid the same as, uh, you know, he was going to be paid like half of what Kai Jones is making. Or player there. Uh, and that's just because he was a second round pick as opposed to a first. So yeah, he's, he's, you know, exploded is probably a strong word for what, for what his numbers are, but based on what they were, uh, he has exploded offensively relative to that. Um, he's been mm-hmm. efficient. Uh, a lot of times uh, we've seen him, you know, pick up a bunch of blocks lately. I know the the defense isn't as sound as, as uh, everybody would like, but I think Steve Clifford's done kind of a nice job with him. I think that's an underrated part of uh, a very, you know, lost season. Uh, but Nick Richards has been a nice piece and obviously he's, he's playing himself into it right now because Mark Williams is out and he's taking advantage. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I mean, Nick Richards didn't make the leap, but he made a leap, as Nick said, relative to his performance in past years, which was really, you know, get on the floor, do something that, that you just scratch your head and go, what was that? And then he exits the game. Um, so he's been able to stay on the floor. Yeah, problems with pick and roll defense. There are problems with uh, numerous offensive fouls on screens. He's got to clean some of that stuff up. But he's He's done the thing that you're not really ever sure that a second round player can do, which is can they actually make an, a noticeable impact in a positive way on a game? And Nick, I think this season has proven that. And so I think that alone is enough for this kind of very small three year, $15 million. That's going to be nothing, you know, once the, the, the new TV deal and all that stuff uh, comes in and, and inflates all of the contracts. That's going to look like nothing. It's a perfect like backup center kind of role you know you get Wimby you get Mark Williams now and you've got suddenly you've got a nice little you know big rotation that you can build around so I don't have a problem with this deal really at all it seems 
I do like Nick bringing up the ownership sale because Jordan out here spending OPP, other people's pocket change, right? I mean, what if, what if the, I would love if this, the, if this were the deal that Plotkin was like, all right, I'm out. You three million, three, three years for Nick Richards. No, I'm sorry, Mike, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. That, that would be the one that said, okay, the sale is not going to go through. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at, at Nick Richards' contract as well, another thing to keep in mind is that this will help maybe grease the wheels on a trade you might want to make as far as salary filler goes right i mean if nick richards is not a part of the long-term future i don't this contract does not say hey we're holding on to nick richards for dear life so if there was a trade where you needed just a little bit more money to try to conclude bringing somebody over that you really valued then maybe five million dollars a year whatever the details are going to be for this for each season then that would be something that could really help in that regard plus a decent backup center right like you saw backup centers getting traded quite a bit and you can you still see that we just traded one ourselves here in charlotte when we got rid of mason plumley our starter but not for the clippers really even though he's playing a decent amount of minutes but you get the idea so yeah maybe that's something else to uh keep in mind for nick richards as well Doug, you yeah uh, nick i'm interested in your thoughts on this bad news for kai jones question mark hmm. i don't know i mean i don't feel think feels like that, bad news <laughs> yeah I mean, he he hasn't risen past the level of like intrigue still, uh, despite given all this opportunity. I mean, he's he's had the moments, he's had the flashes. Um, he looks better than um, JT Thor, um, but yeah, I mean, he's clearly you know not outperforming Nick Richards, certainly not Mark Williams, um, you know. I think Nick Richards has definitely been the steadier player, the the more promising prospect uh, at this point where we stand right now, and and it shows with that. Well, and one thing too, man, like nothing is is there are things that can be unfair in the NBA, one hundred percent. That's just how life goes. But at the same time, if you play Kai Jones at power forward this entire time something where and you know i think he's just started to get some backup center minutes but man it happened real late yeah. in the season so if you go with kai jones at power forward where we all kind of agreed in summer league that kai jones was a better center than he was a power forward but that's all you throw him out there for is being the four and then nick richards gets the backup center money and then kai jones is left behind because of it look that's just that's just doing business and I get it. Charlotte wanted to lock in Nick Richards when they could, they felt like he'd be a good two guy at, at you know, down low, but yeah, like that, that would be, I think an example of not necessarily, you know, giving the guy that you traded up to go get in the first round, a first round pick that you could not use to, to then go after a Donovan Mitchell or SGA. If there was ever an opportunity to get him before he blew up and now is untouchable. And so you, you invested that and then possibly didn't do it right. Now, if Nick Richards means Kai Jones is not going to be here in the long term future, like that's that's just a little something to take note for me where I think, OK, yeah, it's not in a vacuum going to set this franchise back years and years and years. But it's not how I would have handled it for sure. If this does mean the demise of Kai Jones here with Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I think this does lock in that center rotation for a while. So this this has to be bad news for Kai, because I don't think he's really been able to adjust to playing the four. I don't think he will be able to. And then in this audition that he's had at the center role, I, I don't think he's acing it. I mean, he's he's fouling so much that, it, that it's really forcing the Hornets to go small. 
uh, without Mark Williams because, you know, they, they play Nick for a while and then they end up playing PJ at center because Kai can't stay on the floor. That's that's a serious problem, especially when you're playing backup center. It's not like he's, you know, going up against starters. He's going up against the second team. He he does have highlight plays. And I have a, I have another bony to pick with you, Nick. Uh, because yeah, I am the president and founder of the More Thor movement. Oh, and, no, I knew you know, I, I think ruffle some feathers. I know. Well, my yeah, consider my feathers <laughs> ruffled, my friend. Um, because Kai definitely has the highlights over Thor. But I think Thor has definitely been the the better glue guy, the better piece that you can count on and is not going to take himself out of the game. And lately, JT Thor, since moving back to the bench, can actually be counted on f- for the Thorner three. He's hitting those he's mm. hitting those three balls. You're in rare corner. form today, is what you are. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I, well, because days. I'm starting it early, baby. I mean, that's spring. It's it's just warming up outside here in Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm starting to hashtag Hornet Silly Summer in the spring. Okay. Um, yeah, Doug is on it. We'll see what he has in store for us coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We'll talk about Nick's UConn Huskies. Is there anybody to pay attention to with the Huskies as far as the Charlotte Hornets, maybe considering them uh, who who they could draft in this upcoming selection process and maybe take a look at some other prospects, get Nick's take on the NCAA tournament. That's all still to come in the last segment of Locked On Hornets. Is Locked On Hornets. Are we sure that like everyone interprets a handful as five? I, I think, think so. so. Honestly, I would I'm, say a handful is normally five, but I would agree. four is acceptable. What's my whole five <laughs> things in my head? Look, one, this is a pen, a book. I got okay. a phone. Yeah, you're, you guys are actually right. It's getting pretty full. Yeah, I know. Here's a cable. Five. Okay, that's five. That's five. And here's right, a coffee cup. What else? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nick, how nervous are you with UConn? Battling in the Sweet 16, looking to move on. How nervous are you for their game against Arkansas? Honestly, not that nervous. I respect Arkansas. They play hard. They're athletic. I think (laughs) UConn has the experience and more balance and have been playing better. So I should be nervous, but I'm not. No, that's okay. I was more nervous for the Iona game and losing to Rick Pitino because that would have been – it's not what you want. No, but but I do happen. like the uh, the very professional response that you had. You know, they're athletic, they're a good team, but we're going to respect <clears throat> our opponent. Um, but no, you're not. That I don't want to give Arkansas any bulletin board material. You never know. They're listening. What they might be watching. Yeah, well, look, right. yeah, yeah. Huge fan, huge fan is Muscleman of the show. Um, so <laughs> when you look at UConn, is there anybody that you think would be, make a nice fit with the Charlotte Hornets, or maybe like in the second round, just anybody uh, on the roster? Yeah, they they. They got second round guys. I mean, they're really good college players. Jordan Hawkins is is their kind of guard, the six five guard that can go on a heater once in a while, shoot the three. Mm. Um, I, I kind of got you already got that with Bryce McGowan's, but I'll take a UConn guy. Um, you can never have enough Sonogo heaters. is like the fun loving six nine power forward slash <clears throat> college center um, who has extended his game out to the three point line. I think he's probably pretty interesting. I have a freshman named Donovan Klingen who's seven foot two. I have to wait a minute for him, but I think he might be pretty good uh, in another draft. So, oh, Doug, um, I mean, if, if they draft yeah. him, Stangen or Klingen, I mean, that's something we need to go ahead and just <laughs> run with. If that happens, that'd be perfect for our show. Well, I, well, I hope. I mean, I hope he would be Stangen. I he hope he seems, wouldn't be on the other I'm side. I'm just going to say he seems like a Hornets lottery pick. I'll just leave it there. 
Okay, perfect. That that's that's uh, exactly what we want here, Doug. With some of the games that are going to be taking place uh, today, Thursday, because this will be the first game that we'll have some of the Sweet Sixteen games um, taking place. What games are you going to be watching, or at least just what kind of prospects are you going to be watching the rest of the way for the Charlotte Hornets? I want to take a look at this game against uh, UConn, but I'm going to be looking at Arkansas and seeing right. what uh, Nick Smith Jr. and Anthony Black have in store uh, for those Huskies, um, because I think. You know, Nick Smith Jr. interests me a lot because I think he was a prospect early in this process before this season got kicked off that people were thinking, wow, this is this could be one of the most dynamic scorers in this draft, could be easily a top four prospect. And then because of the, the injury problems that have limited him in this season, I think he's dropped back even as far as the teens. Uh, so, you know, I think he really – I, I have been preaching about overweighting the NCAA tournament. I think he's like one of the one guys that needs to step up and play well in this tournament to convince some GMs, hey, you know, the injury issues are in the past and I can make a big impact on the floor and, and you can trust me as a mid-lottery instead of a late-lottery pick. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this Gonzaga-UCLA game and it's not going to be your lottery pick by any means or I don't even know if it'll be the late first. I'm not exactly sure where he's projected to go, but Jaime Jaquez, he's been at UCLA for what seems like on the Armando Baycott slash Perry Ellis program where he's been there forever along with Tiger Campbell and he was Pac-12 player of the year. He was a second team All-American. He, he does look like he's going to be a first-round pick, at least, from what I'm looking at. And so I wonder if he could possibly last to that late first round where the Hornets owned the Denver Nuggets pick, and then could they select a guy out of UCLA and Jaime Jaquez? They're playing. That's going to be an awesome game. Gonzaga-UCLA rematch of the Final Four game that we had a couple of years ago when Jalen Suggs hit the half-court shot. So that game is going to be awesome. And so that's just one other player that I will be looking at as well. Anything else you guys have as far as the tournament goes, Nick, anything else that you'd be watching for um, any games that might excite you at all as this uh, tournament goes down? Yeah, I want to see Princeton keep, keep doing this. You know, it's, it's funny Nick. when you watch, when you watch a lot of college basketball and you see like they have the one kid that can just, just hit seemingly every three he's taken this tournament. I don't remember his name. There's always that team. There's always that team that just hits every yeah. three. And but nobody else is hitting threes. I mean, the shooting is bad. So I mean, when you see somebody in this tournament in college with like a really good jump shot, it's almost jarring because you just don't see it a lot. Uh, and obviously, it has an effect on the games too. Yeah, I think the big day for Hornets fans will actually be tomorrow because then you get Alabama, you get another look yeah. at Brandon Miller, another opportunity for for him to have. And not, I mean, he had 19 points in that last game, but it was inefficient, and 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 it didn't yeah, feel like up. he had the Brandon Miller takeover moment. So, mm -hmm. still waiting on that. And then Houston, Jarris Walker, uh, you know, another player uh, to keep an eye on going up against Miami. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, there's there's a a very real possibility that we get to the Final Four without any of the top, you know, 12 to 14 prospects in this draft. It's crazy. Yeah, very. I mean, especially with all the parity that's happened in college basketball, we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, and and maybe they could knock off Alabama, but the Crimson Tide do look good. Like they they do look like even if you were reseeding, you would still have Alabama as the number one overall seed based off what you've seen. And even so, without the NBA guys looking phenomenal in the first two games, and so Brandon Miller being inefficient in the second game. 
going over in the first game, not scoring a single point, which is even against a 16 seed, still pretty surprising. So we'll see what happens the rest of the way. That's Nick Carboni of WCNC. You can find him on Twitter at Nick Carboni, WCNC. Doug Branson has a sub stack, every Hornets box score that you can find on every Hornets box score.com. And I'm Walker Mail. Catch me on WFNZ every single weekday from 12 to 3. Nick, we appreciate the time, man, as always. Thanks again. And uh, look, I'm, I don't want you to have to be make this mandatory with the ankle bracelet. So as long as you're on good behavior, we'll release you in a couple weeks. Work release, I like it. 100%. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for making us your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.